This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Podcast. I'm here with Evan. Hi, Evan. How are you? Good, Annie. How are you? Good. Nice to see you. So um, why don't you take us back kind of to early days with with alcohol for you and your drinking career? Where did everything sort of start? Okay. Um, First and foremost, I just want to say thank you for for having me today, and thank you for your work. You, your book, your podcast um, have all played a role in me being sober for seven months, and I can't believe I'm saying that right now. And not many people get an opportunity like this to say thank you, so I'm very appreciative to be here with you today. I'm so glad. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, I think the beginning for me, like many, was was high school. I, I started drinking um, when I was 16, and I thought alcohol was the, the greatest thing on earth. And I had a very close group of friends, and um, we were all heavy partiers, and a lot of bonding occurred through that. And um, a lot of those people are, are my best friends to, to this very day. Mm-hmm. And although partying and drinking was important to me, at that point, I was still able to get good grades, able to keep my part-time jobs, play sports, and really balancing it, it didn't seem that hard at the time. Um, college is when drinking started to affect my academic performance. I went into college still getting great grades, getting A's my first few semesters, and by the end, I was, I was barely getting C's, and I, I barely got out with a degree, and I really blame my academic failures towards the end on heavy drinking. I was far more concerned with the next party than my next, next exam, that's for sure. Um, but I was able to, to take my strengths and weaknesses, knowing alcohol was a big part of life, and um, figure if I entered the workforce, that would be a good move for me. I was a hard worker, money motivated, and, and I thought I'd be able to balance starting a career and drinking heavily. So I really did not have any intentions of slowing the drinking down, even though my grades had suffered. Um, and I was able to do that. I, I started a, a career as an environmental consultant, something I'm still doing today, and um, was able to find some more self-worth working, but still drinking, thinking, well, I'll be a casual drinker during the week and a binge drinker on the weekend. And I did that for a very, very long time. Um, I was able to climb a career ladder, um, get, get married, get a dog, get a house, start a family, all those wonderful things. And I really did that while drinking 20 to 30 drinks per week all, all throughout, never really taking a break and, and continuing making alcohol such a big part of my life. And of course, the, the hangovers started to increase. Um, you know, we're, we're all only human. And um, I, I think that as I was entering my 30s, I realized I was drinking way too much. But even knowing that, that wasn't enough to do anything about it. It was clear alcohol was here to stay. I really felt committed to that lifestyle and really trapped in something that was easy to, to tell myself, um, you can continue to do this indefinitely. And I did that all through my 30s. And, and although there were many highs in my life through my 30s the, and, and, and youth and young 
the second story uh, deck and shattered my ankle at mm. a party that my roommates and I were hosting. And I had about 80 people, most of them who I knew, watch me get wheeled away in a stretcher. And I had to wait until late into the next day for my blood alcohol to drop so the surgeon could put a plate and screws in my ankle. And that's, that's an injury completely fueled by alcohol that still haunts me to this day. I know you like to ski, Annie. I, I love to ski. And my, my ankle throbs after a day on the slopes. And it's really, really hard for me to do multiple days in a row or multiple days in a week. And you know, here I am living with that. And it always could have been worse with an entry like that. Um, yeah, the, the, the next one, this one is, is really difficult to, to say out loud, but um, alcohol has resulted in me being a, a bedwetter. Um, I have urinated myself in the middle of the night from drinking too much countless times. I, I did this through my 30s. Um, the, the shame of, of being an adult waking up with a brutal hangover in wet clothes and wet sheets. I, I just, I can't believe I was able to revisit that shame, you know, so many times. Um, and good for you. I mean, thanks for sharing yeah. both of these things. Like this yeah. is, the thing, is when we don't talk about it, that shame lives and it lives for other people. And that is incredibly common, like incredibly yeah. common. It's just that nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to be the first one. So yeah, well done. yeah. it's super brave. I think getting some of these low points off my chest definitely was very important and a big reason for me to, to be here with you today. Uh, like, like so many drinkers, I've spent every holiday and vacation constantly hungover and, and drunk again. Um, we only get so many Christmases with our families and you know, I've got two beautiful kids in the house and I, I can't believe how many times I was able to do it with a hangover. Um, this most recent Christmas, I was with my dad on Christmas Eve, and uh, we both had way too much to drink. And, you know, my, my dad was so hungover the next day, he thought he was having a heart attack and, and ended up in the hospital. And I definitely feel partially responsible for that, because I know if I wasn't there, far less alcohol would have been consumed. And again, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 40 now, he's 66. How many of these things do we have together? Um, and it's, it's with kids on vacation, why do I need to go to the beach and start drinking at noon and drink until I go to bed? Um, I, I was trying to be a, a good dad while drinking that much. And I, I just, I don't know how that really works, how I was able to do it for so long. And, and then again, more recently too, was um, being comfortable getting behind the wheel when I know that I have had too much to drink. It's something I never did when I was younger. I, I always tried to avoid that. And here I am now with everything to lose. How did I finally let that become okay? Yeah. And the, these low points had, had just finally become so, so apparent that alcohol clearly had been taking away more from my life than it was adding. But after 25 years of regular and heavy use, like a lot of your listeners, I just felt completely trapped in the cycle of, of constantly thinking it's okay and constantly thinking I, I need to drink. Um, but there is really good news because I am sober for seven months now and I did find this incredible, incredible freedom. And um, it, it, it started about a year ago 
Um, I, I ran into a college friend at a backyard party and, and he's one of my greatest friends and I have so much respect for him. And, and I, I was shocked when he told me that he had stopped drinking. He isn't someone I see on a regular basis. We do keep in touch via text. And he told me he had stopped drinking and he left me speechless a year ago. I, I, it was the first time I even thought that someone like him or I could just walk away from alcohol. And of course I was inquisitive because I was envious at that point. And he said, well, you know, I, it, it was clear to me, I was drinking too much. I wanted to change something. And I, I found this book, This Naked Mind. And during that conversation, my, my friends and, and your book, Annie, just really became a symbol. Uh, a seed was planted. It was a symbol of, of something different of something that could be better and not include multiple hangovers every week. And I'm just so grateful I saw him that day because as I continued to drink heavily for the next six months, him and your book just kept popping into my head and, and that seed really, really started to grow and, and the symbol became more and more powerful. And this past President's Day weekend, 2020, another three-day holiday weekend. Of course, I'm going to be drinking myself into an oblivion, waking up hungover every day. Um, this one was different because after that third brutal hangover, uh, I woke up and, and that seed that was planted became so powerful, I, I couldn't ignore it anymore. And um, that, that was the point where I decided that I was gonna address the monster in my life. And I, I had to travel for work that week by myself. I listened to about eight hours of your podcast, Annie. Uh, the, I still listen to the podcast today. And I got your book and, and I read your book. And uh, I really, my eyes were opened to uh, a, a lot of aspects of alcohol that I hadn't realized, I hadn't stopped to address or think about, and it, it just spoke volumes to me. And I, I was able to get through those first, it, it, near impossible first few weeks of, of being sober, leaning on you and my friend as, as a crutch, and start to walk the walk and it was very very difficult um, and I learned a lot in those few weeks but then something really really incredible happened there were two series of events that I, I feel just changed the, the course of my life they were small but so significant um, it was a Friday afternoon I was home to get my two daughters off the school bus they got off the bus. This was my third week of sobriety. And as they were running towards me, this massive wave of euphoria just washed over me. And it was it's so clear that I was going to be there for them that weekend. And that wasn't going to be compromised by alcohol. And it was, uh, you know, a feeling that I'll never forget. And that very next morning, um, I took my dog for a walk and we got down to the river near our house and I just lost it. I, I started bawling my eyes out. I, I had tears streaming down my face and it, it was it was so clear, uh, crying for the, the time I've lost, but much more so for the time I've gained because I, I knew I found something. 
and I'm, I'm a free man now. And it's, it's really, really incredible. Uh, to quote you, Annie, I, I, I drink as much as I want whenever I want. I just happen to not want to drink right now. And, and that's true. I know when you say it, it's true because I, I feel it. I feel it every day. I, it's uh, just not something I want anymore. And this experience has been so profound. I, 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 don't, I don't see what it would take to get me back into my old ways. It, it's, uh, it's become so liberating and, and so freeing that I can be around heavy drinking right now and not skip a beat. I'm, I'm happy to be there with my seltzer water. And it, it's, it's become easy because the experience has been so incredible and so wonderful. Oh, I love that. So, so great. What a great story. Um, and thanks for sharing those two powerful emotional moments. I think sometimes those things happen and you just have this moment where you're like, oh, everything's different from now on. Like I see something differently. It's just beautiful. Um, so just to dig in a little bit, like how you said you can go out and have your seltzer water and it's all good. Um, yeah. Have there been any hiccups in your social life or has it been pretty positive? I, I noticed that's an important theme in your podcast because everyone that goes down this road has to juggle this very difficult balancing act of their old social lives and their new life moving forward. And I, I think that the hiccups for me personally are, have been minim, minimal, maybe more of a, a head game than anything else, because it is easy for me to be there not to drink, but for the first time, I'm wondering more about what other people are thinking about me. And I, I, I do feel I have the most incredible people and friends in my life and, and no one has pressured me. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of support and encouragement. Um, I, I've had friends say, Evan, I, you know, I stocked up on seltzer water just for you. And, and all that positivity is there. I, I, I've heard this discussed a lot. There is this feeling of loss, right? You, you build these relationships. And I know you have had friends that you build relationships surrounding alcohol with. So when I think about seeing my best friends and not being a part of that drinking, there is a real sense of loss there. So my, my 25 years of drinking regularly still has a big voice, but my, my current voice is is loud enough to overcome that. And I, I try to make up for that in, in other ways. Um, I, I don't think that my personality has changed. I try to be the same person I was to them um, when we were all drinking. But, but that, that is a very difficult, not difficult, but it, it's a challenging part of, of being sober around a lot of people that still drink. And I mentioned the loss and my, my best friend, I, I was out with him this summer and I, I, I asked him point blank, I said, how are you feeling about this? Are you annoyed by me not drinking yet? And, and he paused and I think he chose his words carefully and he said, well, I understand why you're doing it. And, and to me, it was like, okay, he's, he's, he is in my corner enough. He knows what's going on and why I'm doing it. And, and we still have just maintained a very close friendship sense. Um, but I can see why some might not want to be around heavy drinking. Um, I, I feel grateful that I'm at a point where I, I can do it. And, and I, I don't see... I don't, it doesn't put me in a spot where I feel overwhelmed or overly tempted because I'm so, so happy with where I'm at right now. That's so awesome. I love that so much. It's great. Yeah. 
Oh, so good. Um, so you, uh, I guess what I really want to know is like, um, you know, you're talking about your family and stuff and do you have kind of any thoughts about, um, how old are your kids? Uh, they are nine and six. So I've got two daughters in elementary school. That's awesome. Yes. awesome. I've got an 11 and nine and a three-year-old. Um, so have you given any thought to kind of how you'll want to engage them in your story in the future? My nine-year-old is so sharp and I've only been sober for seven months. So they were both aware that, that, um, you know, their, their father was drinking regularly. Um, it's like I said, I tried to balance being a good dad with, with a large quantity of alcohol being consumed. And I, I know a lot of parents are, are in that boat. Um, sometimes my wife says she didn't feel like our, our heaviest drinking started after our second was born because of how difficult the juggling act can, can be. And, um, I, I want to lead by example for them right now. And I've, I've already been open and I'll continue to be open about my, my experiences with alcohol, you know, the, 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 the happiness, but also what it, it did to my life along the way too. Um, I, I've, I've recently been hung up on this thought that um, I, as upset as I am over what I did to myself for so long, it all brought me here to today to being sober and, and talking to you and feeling like I have absolutely everything I want out of my life right now. So in some ways, I, I wouldn't undo anything because it all brought me here. And I will be very open with them about my experiences with it. If I can come on here and, and tell you about some of my hardships surrounding alcohol, I can certainly do it with them. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. So awesome. So if you were like, let me, let me um, kind of ask the question I always ask at the end, if you were going to go back in time and, and talk to Evan, who was like stuck and struggling, what would you tell him about uh, what to look forward I, to or what life is like now? I would reassure him that if he searched his heart and followed it, that, that all these ideas he have of what life could be like, they're there and maybe even more so. Um, they're there and I know from my experience this has just been more profound than anything I, I could have imagined and that's it. You have to search what's in your heart and follow it. It was always in there and I always knew that I, I needed to do something about it. It's just a question of, of making those first steps and then being true to yourself. I love that so much. So true. So important. Overlooked too, I think. Um, but yeah, just knowing that like, there's something inside of all of us, like you're never, you're never too far from it. You just need to awaken yeah. the part of you that can, can yes. help. Um, go ahead. I, I was going to say too, I've just learned to stop grappling with why I did it for so long. Cause some of those questions I'll never be able to answer, but it, it's, it's about moving forward. And, and I, I was so worried about my future with alcohol for so long. And for the first time in my life, I'm excited about my future with alcohol and I've never had that. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. It's so good to be excited. It, it has such a profound impact when we start to feel differently about what we're doing and what's happening, which is great. Um, my son was asking me recently, he was like, I forget what he was doing. I think it was about video games. And he knows that if he plays video games for too long, he feels bad. And so he's like, mom, why do I have like, I both want to play it really bad, but then I know I'm going to feel bad. So I like have these two voices and I was like, Oh, well I can tell you about that. And you know, just this, this primal brain that is just reacting to the overstimulation of dopamine from an addictive substance. And then we've got your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain. That's the human part that can make the good decisions for later. And one of the kickers about alcohol is alcohol actually damages that prefrontal cortex. So the further you get in, the harder it can be sometimes to get out. But when we realize, wait a second, we have the power. We don't have to just be tossed back and forth between this one part of my brain that wants to change and this other part of my brain that doesn't. Like we actually have the power to like align with and focus on the part of us that actually wants to make this different. And it is totally in our control and we are powerful and yes, I think it's really awesome. And that, that's one of the themes you focus on, I, I think earlier in this naked mind and wow, right from the beginning, that just made so much sense to me. Right off the bat, you were able to explain why I was so conflicted about it. And, and I, I have tried to explain that to people before, I can't do it quite as eloquently as you, but, but Yes, the conflict is there with good explanation. Our, our conscious is battling our subconscious. And, and boy, that, that just, it, it helped to validate too when I read that in your book, what I had been experiencing. And to, to have an explanation for what's going on inside of you and what's driving some was just beyond helpful to me. Yeah, it's so good because you can finally let yourself off the hook and be like, yeah. okay. Yeah. This isn't that there's something wrong with me. It's that actually my brain is acting exactly how it's supposed to act. Yeah. It's just getting confused because it wasn't supposed to be um, exposed to so much of this. And by the way, I have everyone in our entire experience telling us that this, this is the thing that we need to live and survive. So yeah. that's awesome. And with, with that conflict too, was also for the first time, you were able to help me understand why moderation never worked for me for, for all the reasons that you discuss. I'm like, of, of course, the, these, these are reasons why I have failed trying to moderate. You know, alcohol is addictive. When it wears off, you are going to want more. And it's the, the number of decisions that go into it. I know social is, is a big aspect for this road right, right now for me. And moderation is something I think a lot about too. And, and I just, I know where moderation led for me in the past and I just, it is so much easier. The decisions are eliminated for me to not have a drink than to try to play that, that two drink game and all those decisions that go with it. I, I just have lived that too many times and failed miserably too many times and eliminating all the decisions is, is for me the, the path to success. Yeah, that decision-making fatigue is so, so painful, and it it just doesn't it doesn't get us. You know, we just stay stuck. So just making yeah. one firm decision is so beautiful and so powerful. It's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Is there anything else um, you can think of that you want to share? 
um, just, just again, you know, thanks for my family. Cause, cause it, it, everything is, is so wonderful in, in my life right now. And I know that could change at any given moment for a number of reasons, but, but not having alcohol in my life is, is going to help me, uh, tackle those challenges when they do arise. And, um, I, I'm in a house too now where, where my wife, who has always been a drinker with me, drinks a lot less and, and she's grateful for this experience too. And um, I, one other thing I wanted to share, which I've been thinking a lot about, is a story that my wife shared with me from a, a local periodical um, a, about a man um, born with one leg and, and his story of how he was a, uh, a, a Paralympic um, champion and, and was set to, to break some, some nice world records and it, that didn't happen. And he went through a, a very big period of depression and he was able to crawl out and he's gone on to do some extraordinary things. And, and he said a line in the story my wife read to me that just screamed, wow, this is, this is me right now. And he said that he says, everybody has two lives and your second life begins when you realize you only have one. And that, that is me right now. I've really found an, a new appreciation for the one and only life I have. And I'm just not gonna waste another precious, precious second of my precious time to a hangover. That's just all there is to it. I, I did it long enough and it's full steam ahead now. That's so awesome. I have like literally so many chills from that quote, like, wow. When you realize when you finally are at the point of mind that, you know, this is it. And yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really profound. That's very, very cool. Thank you for sharing that. It's amazing. Well, awesome. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful to meet you. And um, just thank you so much. You too, Annie. Thank you very much. Have you tried the alcohol experiment? Okay, if not, drop everything and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash experiment. This free 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You remember it was that version of you that's living your most joyful life, the version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or to have a good time and is having more fun than ever. And again, this is a totally free challenge that will change everything for you. So learn more and join me 100% free at thisnakedmind.com forward slash experiment. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.